Welcome to Backstage at Upstage, a presentation of Upstage Lung Cancer, which uses the performing arts to raise awareness and funding for lung cancer research. Here's your host, the founder and president of Upstage Lung Cancer, Hilde Grossman. Hi, I'm Hilde Grossman, and we're so excited to have you with us today backstage at Upstage. And here's my good pal, Jordan Rich. Hilde, another critically important podcast with some great guests, Jacqueline Nixon and Gloria Leonards, discussing radon gas. It's a major cause of lung cancer, and these two ladies are part of an organization called Citizens for Radioactive Radon Reduction. They're doing something about it, and we're very anxious to hear what they have to say. We have two wonderful women who are passionate and dedicated and fierce to do something about the effects of radon, especially where lung cancer is concerned. So the piece of information that I know is radon is a radioactive gas and it's related. It's released from the decay of uranium and a bunch of other elements in rocks and in soil. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. It's this invisible gas that seeps up into our air and enters our homes and our buildings and can be very, very dangerous and lethal. So the title of this podcast uh, is about radon. And then the, after the colon, it's take action. And that's what these two wonderful women have done. So I'd like to start with Gloria as the founder of a very uh, important organization that Jackie now um, is uh, powerfully uh, leading. So, Gloria, could you discuss your story about how you got interested in radon, where it's, it's taken you? Certainly, and thank you, Hildy. It was uh, back in 2005. My husband went for a blood test, a regular scheduled blood test, and we found that the, his liver enzymes were elevated. The on the cardiologist said, well, you know, you need to take further action and you need to see your primary care physician. Well, so we we did and through this was in October that we were told uh, about his liver enzymes. Through October, November and through December, uh, Joe was scheduled for numerous CT scans, MRIs, and you can't imagine the number of tests that he went through at that time. And we discovered through those tests, the lung cancer, non-small non cell lung cancer, had uh, traveled to both lungs and his bones and his liver. It was actually inoperable. There wasn't any operation for this. Joe decided not to go with chemo uh, because the doctor said, well, chemo would not extend his life that much. And he had seen his friends go through chemo due to the major side effects sometimes. So Joe lived six weeks after his diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And in that time, well, before that, uh, we had asked the uh, oncologist what could have caused the lung cancer, and he said, we know radon is a known cause of lung cancer. Well, Joe and I just took that information and kind of went on our lives for the next six weeks. And one month after his death, I, I was reminded of radon by um, 
a news article uh, on TV. So I, I researched and I got a test kit and I tested the house and it was 17.6 picocuries per liter of air of radon. That was the level. Which so, means for, for most of our listeners, that's not going to translate into um, comprehensible okay. uh, well, thanks. <laughs> numbers, yeah. so help us out. Yeah, so uh, uh, actually, years ago, they uh, it was decided by EPA that 4.0 picocuries, that's the measurement, picocuries is how radon is measured, that 4.0 was sort of an acceptable level. Well, it doesn't mean that it is a safe level because there's actually no safe level of radon. But um, you want to have your exposure as absolutely as low as possible. So we were living with like four times, over four times the EPA action level of, of radon. Oh and and so, well, when I found that out, uh, of course, I, I did so much research, days and nights. I just, I was uh, obsessed with this. And I think my fam my brother and my, my family thought I was crazy, but I could not let this go. I got the house mitigated and uh, by a professional licensed professional mitigator in Illinois. All all testers and mitigators in Illinois have to be licensed through the state. That means they have to be educated about how to uh, uh, how to go about testing or how to go about mitigating so that they don't cause any harm. They do things uh, in a, a, a very uh, rigid manner. And um, so I got the house mitigated, and like I said, in the meantime, I was my kitchen, my living room floor was just smothered with papers because I'm a person that has to print everything out to read it, and I had uh, I had papers all over the floor when the mitigator came, uh, but um, I had all these studies that I had uh, printed out and. And I, so I knew about radon. I mean, I mean, I was no expert, but I knew a lot, quite a bit. And uh, so after the mitigation uh, was performed, uh, another test by a certified professional uh, uh, was conducted. And the house then was like 1.1. So it had gone down, the level had gone down from, 17.6 to 1.1. So that you're never going to get it at zero because, um, you know, the outside atmosphere has like a, a small amount of radon. And so if you can get your level down to like one or two, that's, that's quite good. And uh, so I just compiled from all my research, compiled lots and lots of facts. And I, I wrote a little proposal to have a, a, a law uh, created so that people wouldn't buy homes with high levels of radon because we didn't know about radon when we bought this house and we've lived here for 18 years. So I sent my proposal. My proposal said mitigation, I'm sorry, testing at the point of sale and mitigation if the level was 4.0 uh, or higher before occupancy. 
So I sent I sent that my proposal to all of the legislators in Illinois. And just a little uh, side note here: uh, Barack Obama was a U.S. senator uh, as uh, in Illinois at the time, and I I saw his name. I thought mm, that's an unusual name, and but I sent him that also. So uh, because he was in Illinois, uh, even as a U.S. senator. And so I sent that proposal and that fact sheet to numerous, I can't tell you how many newspapers throughout the nation. And, and some of them printed it. I know some, somebody, I don't know the names of all the newspapers now, but in California, it was printed. And in Louisiana, it was printed. And so I tried to get the word out about the danger of radon. Then, so what were the results in Illinois? What happened? You you bombarded all the, the politicians, and what what happened? I went to my my own uh, state representative, and I said, we've got to have a law so people don't buy homes with high levels of radon. And so he said, you know, I, I, I spoke to him for an entire hour in his office, and he listened intently. And... Uh, I, and he, at the time, he couldn't do a, a, a law. He couldn't propose a bill, I should say. And but he did do a res, he did propose a resolution which passed automatically. Now, a resolution is just a suggestion, and most all resolutions pass very easily. But he told me, um, well, in the meantime. He said, well, well, we'll work on this when the time comes. Well, I had sent it to a, another, I had sent my proposal to and visited a senator in East St. Louis, which is a very uh, impoverished area. It's about 30 miles from me or 20 miles from me. And I talked with the aide, and I gave her uh, of, of Senator James Claiborne, and uh, I said, you know, I need I need to get this bill passed. Well, lo and behold, in December, I was in Nashville uh, with my parents and my brothers and so on, and Christmas, and somebody called me and said, uh, he, he was a home inspector. He was uh, the president of the Illinois Home Inspectors Association. And so he said, well, I want you to know we are very much in support of this bill. Well, I'm, I didn't quite know what he was talking about. Well, evidently, James Claiborne, Miss Essie, who was his, who is his uh, assistant, she got that bill filed to be. Uh, I mean, it was it was submitted. It was my mandate. So I was ecstatic, and so. Um, so then I called my rep. I called Dan Wrights, and I said, "Did you know that that the bill has been fought? Has been? I guess the word was filed because Miss Miss Essie had submitted it through James Clay, Senator James Claiborne's uh, authority, and um, and my rep said, "Well, Gloria," he said, "I think that." I want to get a bill passed this year," he said. "I am I'm firmly uh, 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 con convinced that we need to get a bill passed." But he said, "I'm afraid that this mandate may not pass." 
So what I did is I said, oh, well, of course, there were not very many states that had bills like this uh, at the time. I think, um, I forgot what it was, uh, then, uh, Delaware. Delaware had something. So I sort of used that as an example. But I went, I, in this meantime, I had, I had networked with numerous people, numerous organizations. So I was familiar with very familiar with American Association of Radon Scientists and Technologists, which is abbreviated as ARST. And so um, uh, then uh, um, Dallas Jones had, I was on the phone with him sometimes constantly, and he was, uh, he was very involved with ARST at the time. And so he drafted a another bill, and it was it's referred to as the Radon Awareness Act. And what it did, it uh, it uh, it was a, a notification and a, a notification bill to all homeowners about the danger of radon, and also it told uh, it made the seller explain to uh, the buyer that there was, if there was radon in their home. Uh, so it was a notification and um, uh, kind of a warning about radon. And so Dan, we, we got that together and I gave it to Dan, my representative. And so he filed that, it, that bill. And it was, again, called the Radon Awareness Act. And like I said, back in 2006, not many of the states had anything like that. So then Dan introduced it. I went to the state capitol. I testified for the House. It, it passed the House. And then uh, we got a senator. Uh, wasn't that wasn't uh, James Claiborne, but it was another senator, Donnie um, Senator. I forgot his last name, but anyway, he was the sponsor of of the Senate bill. And I went to the Senate and testified. And in the meantime, I was still sending lots and lots of information to all of the legislators and to and sharing. Uh, sharing this information that I had now gained from all the research and talking to people with lots of other people. And so... Uh, I'm going to interrupt you just for a okay. second because I know Jordan will cut this out. Let me first clear my throat. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, can you wrap this up a little faster? I, I Just because our time's limit, I want to make sure Jackie gets to talk, and then maybe talk, go back and talk about what the organization is doing. So if you can just kind of zip us into, I would probably succeed it and whatever, you know, just yeah. kind of get us there. Okay, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yes, so the bill passed unanimously House and Senate. That's, that's it. Look what we can all take away from this is that one person's voice can make such a big difference and change things. So anyone who's listening and feeling, oh, there's not much I can do as just one person, I know all all three of us um, who have uh, done our utmost to get our voices out 
it makes a big difference. And now I'd like to introduce our other guest, Jackie Nixon. Um, Jackie and I um, had a wonderful conversation at a meeting recently, and um, I just knew she was someone who we needed to get on our podcast and join Gloria. So um, uh, welcome, Jackie, and we'd love to hear your story as well. It's a different story, but uh, an important one. Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you, Hilde, for having us on, first of all. And I feel like Gloria is a hard act to follow when it came to her accomplishments. <laughs> but with my story, it's different. And um, actually, I was diagnosed with endocarcinoma stage 1A in 2015. And um, the only way it was found was the fact that I got shingles. It's always called my story shingles. <laughs> and that was, I went into the doctor's office, and she said, yep, you've got shingles, and she gave me the, the medicine for that. And then she says, well, since you, you know, you're over the age of 65, I was 67 at that time, and since you're over the age of 65, you get to complain about two things every year, and that kind of starts your um, medical journey for that year, you know, your, your reports and records and all that stuff. And so I said, well, you know, I, I don't have anything wrong with me. I'm, I'm fine. I was working. I'm doing my thing. By the way, my age, I have always been 10 years younger than my age. Always managed my health, what I ate. I used to run. I used to lift weights, all those things, right? Yes. So I'm good, right? I'm doing my thing, having a good time. And so I said, but... I noticed that I sing, okay, and I, I'm nowhere near Hildy, but I sing. <laughs> and so then I had the ability to roll notes. So I'd get to the end of the note, and I couldn't hold it. I said, six months ago, I'm singing these songs that I've been able to sing, and um, I couldn't hold the note as long. I kept trying and trying, and I couldn't do it. And I said, but that's okay, because I'm just sitting on my fat behind in front of a computer, <laughs> And I just need to exercise my diet plan. You know, we can be our worst enemies sometimes because when you're healthy, especially, you think you know everything about your health and you do not research or worry about anything, right? Right. So um, I said, I'm, I, I'm all right. I'm fine. And then she said, um, well, are you coughing? And I said, no. She said, you have any problem breathing? Uh, no. Um, are you coughing any, you know, like, is there any blood or anything like that? I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm good. I mean, I was literally good. So she checked my lymph nodes and she checked my, um, you know, my heart, my lungs. And she said, your lungs are clear. So at the very last minute, and I will never forget her saying this, because once they found it and we had the consult, she said to me, she said, do you realize we were both going to blow it off at that point? Now, I hadn't seen her in 18 months. I never get colds. I've never had the flu. I, I had never even had COVID. I got nothing. That's I had one of those um, super. I have one of those super immune systems. All right. That's great. So nothing. And at the last minute, she had her hand on the doorknob. I will never forget. And she said, "Well, why don't we just order a chest X-ray? Because you get something for free anyway." 
And I'm like, sure, fine, you know, and I'm playing with my phone, and I'm thinking to myself, you're not going to find anything, but okay, you know. After the chest x-ray, uh, it was like two or three days later, she came back, and she called me, and she said, we found something. And she said it was a tumor on the outside of the upper left lobe of my lung. And she said, um, we want you to have, of course, the, the CT scan and um, oh, oh, and, and the um, biopsy. You know, that you have to have biopsy to make sure that it's not cancer. And so I had the biopsy. It did come back that way. And that's when she told me the results of everything. She was extremely good. And she... She took literally a half an hour explaining everything I had to go through at that point. But when she told me, um, I think that was the point that I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I, I didn't know anything about cancer. I didn't know anything about being sick. Yeah. So to me, cancer was a, was a death sentence. That was in 2015, eight years ago. And I'm still stage 1A. Um, and no spread. I had the PET scan, and there was no spread. Uh, there was a little spread on the upper left lobe around the seam. So they, I had the surgery a month later, went into the hospital. They removed my upper left lobe of my lung. And to my surprise, I didn't know that there were five lobes to your lung. I thought there were two. <laughs> so I thought, okay, you're going to remove one of my lungs. I only have half my capacity. Well, I own, there's five. So if they remove one, I only lost one fifth, right? Right. So I'm in good shape. So they did that, and I had the surgery. They had me up and walking the next day. And in three days, I was home. And um, so I want to back up for a minute, though. When we had the consult with the surgeon, because once you have all those tests, I aced the breathing test. I aced the heart test 200%. I aced the blood test. I aced every test 200%. So when we had the consult with the surgeon, um, I'll never forget, my sister was with me, and he sat down. The first thing came out of his mind, out of his mouth, was, so, how do you think you got this? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. You're the doctor. You're supposed to tell me, right? <laughs> So, I, you know, my sister said the same thing, and I said when we left, I said, he doesn't know where this came from. I said, I know, right? So that haunted me, and it to this day, it literally still haunts me. It always stays with me, because I was so super healthy. What happened? So, needless to say, I was home after three days, and then after seven months, um, I was allowed to go back uh, into circulation, and I went back to a board meeting. And they all said, hi, Jackie, how are you? And I said, fine, I'm doing great. I said, and I just one home inspector was there. And Brian, the home inspector, said to me, because um, I told him, I said, they don't have a clue as to why this is happening. And I said, you know, I, I, I'm wondering, too. I don't get it. And he said to me the magic sentence, the magic words, did you ever hear of radon? And I said, no, what's that? And so he explained it to me, you know, it's, it's a naturally occurring gas, comes out of the ground, and then it seeps into your home through the cracks and whatnot in your home, and it accumulates over time, um, and you breathe it in, and it attacks the lungs. And I can't tell you how I knew 
but I knew. And people don't believe you, but they're, I don't know, you know, okay, mm -hmm. I yeah. knew. So one of the things was when you said it accumulates over time in your home, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a condo building. And in that building, in our building, um, I'm on the third floor, okay? So I've been there, at that time I was there 36 years. And I've been here 40 years now, for 36 years, I think it was, itself, 32 maybe. I'm terrible at math. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> a long time, okay, over 30 years. So anyway, in that amount of time, I live in an association, and we had a monthly newsletter that came out, and there was never anything in there that says, hey, you know, homeowners, test your home, you know, or your condo, or your 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 townhouse for radon. There was nothing. So that was one thing. And then, you know, like our laundry and whatnot, even though I'm on the third floor, the laundry and our mailbox and things are down in the in the basement area near the ground. Alright? So there was something I kept saying, uh uh, no. So bottom line, what I did is I got the home inspector who told me, Brian, and he got him to test with continuous monitors. Now, a continuous monitor monitors the air on a, on a continuous basis for um, three, four days, something of that sort. And so it gives you a constant reading. It might go up, it might go down. We did it in, um, we did it in the wintertime. Yeah, we did it in the wintertime. It was in January, as I recall. And so the results came back. Now, here's what I did first. I asked my neighbors, because I'm in a building and I'm on the third floor, it's very important that you test at the lowest levels. So I asked my neighbor directly underneath me in the garden apartment or the ground apartment, would he test, that's Stanley, and then on the right-hand side of the building, the other side, I asked Rose, who was in the garden apartment, to test, and we did it quietly, all right? They gave me the test, plus my own. Mine came out to three, but... Stanley's came out to nine picochures. Oh, my goodness. Right. Now, Stanley's wife died of lung cancer, although oh she my smoked. God. And then Rose's apartment, Rose had COCPD living down there, and it came out to 18 picochures. Oh, my gosh. That is the level, that is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, then... <laughs> I was very angry, and um, I said, well, I'm going to sue. That's it. I'm going to sue, right? Well, you can't sue anybody because I called four attorneys in four different states, talked to them about the situation, and they said, there's nothing you could do because uh, it's perfectly legal in the state of Pennsylvania. I said, what do you mean it's perfectly legal? My lung is gone. And they said, it doesn't matter. It's perfectly legal. So he suggested I turn the information over to the condo, uh, excuse me, to the association that manages all of the homes and property here. Now we have 1,000 family homes in this plan. So, and that's the other thing, no, no one ever got anything. So anyway, he said I suggest you turn it over and give, and give them a call and say they need to do something about this. So I did that. 
And the head of the uh, uh, association said to me, well, it's up to each homeowner to test on their own. I said, how can they test if they don't know about it? And I said, you have a monthly newsletter. Nothing was ever put in there. And, and he had no retort to that whatsoever. Okay. So I then turned it over to our condo building association, each building. And we have 15 buildings here. Now, to this date, which was back in 2015, this date, not one of those buildings that are ever tested for radon six, oh my. just my building. So I did turn it over to our building at that time. And they got a mitigator, a licensed mitigator, to come in, and they ran a second test. And they used the, the Home Depot, I say the Home Depot charcoal test. And so they used that. And with that, they tested again. And this time, Stanley uh, uh, apartment came out to 13 hypocurious. It came out higher. And Roses came out to 21. Oh. So it was even worse. So as a result of all this, the mitigator had came in. They found six sources of the gas underneath the building. We have six mitigation systems on this building at this time. So um, that's what happened. So I, the, the problem was that with me, what bugged me the most was when uh, they told me there was nothing I could do. And I thought to myself, well, I know what I can do. You know, and I have talents. I have things that, you know, I'm good at. I have four, excuse me, I have two degrees in computer science. I am a graphics designer. I design many things. I thought, you know what? First thing I'm going to do, because I'm from the 60s, I'm going to build me a sign and I'm going to get brochures and I'm going to march up and down the street and I'm going to hand out brochures. This is what I'm going to do, you know. So in that, I start searching around. I got some brochures. I wasn't really going to build a sign, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to just give people information about this. They need to know. And so I started researching. And then through my research, I found Gloria. And I called her and I was going to ask her for brochures and whatnot. And she says, well, what's your story? And so I told her the story. And she said to me, she says, well, would you like to join CR3? and become the Pennsylvania representative. And I thought, yeah, sure. You know, how hard can that be to hand out brochures and whatnot? So I've been with CR3 since uh, 2000. Actually, it was 2016 by that time. And uh, in that time, we started uh, a magazine called CR3 News Magazine. And that was the one thing I knew I could do. I started it on my own dime and literally uh, what has it been? Eight years now, I guess. Yeah. And uh, we started out with 1,700 readers, and we are now up to um, 20,000. Oh my God. Internationally. We what are, are the initials? Can you tell us what the initials are? CR3 stands for Citizens for Radioactive Radon Reduction. And we, narr we narrowed it down to CR3, <laughs> you know, to make it, keep it simple for you guys. Okay. So. Yeah, that's how I fell into Gloria with the things that we're doing now with CR3. And that basically is my story. Thank you so much, Jackie. What a story. And oh my gosh, and Gloria. And anybody who's listening today, I'm telling you, um, 
and I'll throw myself in with the two of you, which is, you know, when you walk up to a wall and somebody says no or it can't be done or it doesn't exist, you know, don't pay attention. Uh, just keep doing what you know needs to be done to help yourself and to help um, everyone around you and help actually globally. All of these things make so much of a difference. Um, I thought maybe we could touch on um, a few facts. Uh, the stories say everything, everything. One of the things that I'm most taken by is, as Gloria, your persistence on making it necessary for home um, sellers to make that information available. And again, as you say, what and Jackie, what do people know about this? Is this publicized? Do people actually know that this is necessary to do when you're selling a house? And for anyone who's out there looking to buy a house or a condo or actually move into an apartment building, um, please take all this advice that you've just heard and carry a radon reduction kit with you if necessary. Um, so um, are there facts or myths about radon that you think our listeners need to know about, either one of you? I'll just say a couple of things. Yeah, a lot of people think that, first of all, that it Radon is only in an older house. Uh, the, the, the age of the house, the construction, the, whether it's brick, frame, basement, no basement, slab on grade, or crawl space, it doesn't matter. It, it can be in any structure that touches the ground. The only structure that is uh, not susceptible to having radon coming to the structure is one that's built on stilts, like in a floodplain or something, because the radon would go away before it ever got into the home or into the structure. So some people think, well, I just recently, uh, I was, uh, someone said, I don't have a basement, so I don't have radon. And that's not true. You know, any house, old, like I said, any house, any structure. So that's one of the things. And then... Um, Jackie, you want to pick up here? Sure. Um, another thing is the fact that if your neighbor might have high levels of radon and you think, well, you know, I don't, you know, whatever, that can change, all right? And also the fact that the climate also affects the radon levels. Um, they can tend, let's say it this way, they could be higher in the winter, in most cases are higher in the winter than they are in the summer. And the reason is, is because in the winter you close all your windows, right? You don't want that air coming in so that, that radon can accumulate and stay there. Um, so that's another thing that you take into consideration. But don't think because, oh, well, you know, my neighbor has that, you know, or my home is a new home. You know, that I don't have that problem. Not true. The highest levels ever found in the history of radon, and I forget those levels, it was in the thousands. Oh, dear me. Was found in, I think it was Allentown area, um, and that home was a $200,000 home. 
and it was just recently built. So where do people get these radon kits? Are they expensive? Or are they hard to find? How do you advise our listeners who are thinking, I hope you're all thinking, this makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go today and find a kit and um, test where I'm living. Um, where do you find it? Tell us, tell us about that, please. Well, you can get them at uh, hardware stores. That's where I bought mine the first time I tested. Uh, one of the things you want to watch out for, though, um, get one that you can that you uh, can send off in the mail, but you don't have to pay for a lab fee. Some of them say, okay, send another $30 for the lab fee. That's not necessary. You can find them without. Also, you can find them online. And there's so many different test types of devices now. There's there's the little electronic ones that you can buy online. So if you search uh, online, you can find that there's uh, like the they're continuous. You just sit them there; they're all the time. But the little charcoal test kits can be found at the hardware stores. And so the little heart the, the charcoal test kit is just it's a one and done, right? Versus yes, it is. testing and the air that is constantly with mm-hmm. the electronically. And, and you want to put it in the lowest level of your home. Uh, if you have a basement, put it there. Uh, you don't want to put it in the kitchen, in the uh, bathroom. You don't want to put it right under a heating unit or an air conditioning unit um, and or in the laundry room. You don't want to put it there. So you don't uh, want it where there's going to be a lot of humidity or extra heat blowing in. So what if you live in an apartment building on floor 10 and you think, well, this is all interesting my poor neighbors might have problems, but I'm up on the 10th floor, not a problem. What do you suggest there? And if you do suggest testing, no matter, you know, if you live on the top of the Empire State Building, um, <laughs> um, where would you suggest putting such a test kit? Wherever you stay, you know, like in your bedroom or in your living room, put it where you occupy that space. As far as like high rises, sometimes radon is in the construction material of the building. And sometimes the radon can come up through the elevator shaft. So, uh, you know, it's, it's possible that it could be on a, on a high floor. And there's been studies that these high rises in Florida, they were, it was in the, in the, um, the material that the, the buildings were made of. Oh my gosh. So Jackie, as someone um, who has experienced lung cancer, um, I'm your companion in that, that your weight on level was horrible. Do you have any particular advice that, is there anything that we have not mentioned? And there's so much more to talk about. I realize we're just about out of time now. Um, you'll, both of you will have to come back. You're just too wonderful as <laughs> guests. Um, do you have anything else you would like to tell the listening audience? Yes, I do. A um, couple things. Number one, I would say no. manage your health. All right, manage your health. Even though you are going to super, super healthy, don't assume that because you've got that shoulder pain, oh, I wrenched my shoulder or something of that sort, go get it checked because that 
could be a symptom of lung cancer. Um, so manage your health. And then the second thing is, I always say, know your numbers. When I say know your numbers, I'll ask anybody, I'll say, you know, do you, did you ever hear a radon? And they, and they might say yes, they might say no. I said, do you know what the number is? They'll say no. Or, you know, on a real estate transaction, I've asked them, did you ever get a copy of the results? Do you remember what it is? No. By the way, you're supposed to test every so many years. And uh, Glory, how much is it? Three or five? Well, it's really recommended every two years. Every two years. Wow, this this is so important. Oh my goodness, I I really I hate ending this conversation. <laughs> to me, this has been a fascinating um, conversation, and um, I I'm telling you, I'm going to when I take my dog for a walk. When we're finished here, I'm going to go with with her straight over to the. Um, to the hardware store and get a radon test kit again. I've done that in the past, but it's actually been quite a long time. So yeah. that your recommendation of every two years is even more important. Jordan, I don't know if you have a final word after this amazing conversation. I was just captivated by both conversations and I absolutely agree that testing is vital not just when you buy a new home or move in, but uh, on a regular basis. And I've done it with my family. And you feel a sense of security and safety knowing that you've done the work. And that's the important thing. But thank you both, uh, ladies, for being so open and, and informative. Yes, I want to thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to bringing you back. Um, and we'll talk some more about radon and other topics uh, about life and living to the fullest and um, taking charge when 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 the world says no, um, we say yes. So thank you all for listening today and we'll see you next time. Thank Thanks you so much. much. To find out how you can join Upstage Lung Cancer in raising awareness and funding to beat lung cancer, visit our website, upstagelungcancer.org. We invite you to subscribe and download our podcast available on all platforms. And we love reviews and ratings. After all, we're showbiz people. There's more entertainment and inspiration to come on the next podcast episode of Backstage at Upstage.